BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Live at the second annual ESPN Cleveland Block Party on the East Bank of the Flats, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Nathan Zagura and Jason Gibbs. What's up, everybody, and welcome into Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio. Nathan Zagura, Jason Gibbs, we are live on the East Bank of the Flats right now, seeing everybody milling about. It's the ESPN Cleveland Block Party. And Gibbe, what a time, what a happening. Chops is right here, getting in the mix right now. And there are people walking around. We got guys and look at these sharp dressed men right here. Some businessmen coming through. Molding your no minds socks. Right there. I like it. I like it. Sharp dress making their way through the East Bank of the Flats. This party's going on until seven o'clock here tonight. And Riz, the really big show, they just kicked it off. And now we're up here for the next two hours at 2 o'clock. We'll be having a roundtable with Gerard Cherry and Jake Trotter from ESPN talking about this Cleveland Browns team. And it's a team that's got a lot of excitement around it. And But right now, a down period for the Cleveland Browns as they are off. But I heard Greg Newsom stop by earlier today. And uh, so uh, that's great. It's he's good got a stuff. little softball game tomorrow night. Yeah, he's got his big softball game going on tomorrow night. It's Team, team Newsom against Team Ward. Little little bragging rights say, on the line right there. What does the winner get, and what does the uh, what does the loser have to do? Is the bigger question in that position. That's, right? I hope that that was asked when Greg Newsom was talked to earlier today. I feel like that's a very pertinent question. I, I, it and needs to be answered. Perhaps the most important one of the day for those two guys at this time right now. Uh, our hot topics of the day are presented by Vivid Seats, official fan experience partner of the Cleveland Browns. We said we're live from the ES, East Bank of the Flats for the 850 ESPN Cleveland Block Party. And Gibbe, as we sit here right now, mandatory minicamps have concluded around the National Football League. For the Browns, it's no different. The Browns minicamp concluded two weeks ago because they will be starting a week early, July the 22nd at the Greenbrier, which is why there are only eight dates available at training camp locally because the Browns will be here as well as in Philadelphia uh, this offseason. So we see Emmett Golden throw up a nice little shot right there. Bottoms, a little horse I, going I, on. This block party's me, got a lot, a lot think, of stuff going I on. I think Gerard is DJing somewhere. Oh, man, I love it. So I, I'm going to need a full recap of that at 2 o'clock. Yeah, we're going to need is that. He, all right, Chop says he's, he is. He's down He's down, he's the down there, the Red Bull DJ. We got. Uh, he better have his shirt off. Emmett's playing oh, horse over it. here. He's, There's so many great food and drink options for you as you walk around, but – for this Browns football team right now, it's time to recharge, and, and we're going to find out when these guys come back really what the buy-in has been, what that level of commitment has been to come back completely mastering the playbooks. We know it's a different playbook on the defensive side of the ball to come back in shape and ready to go when we get to the Greenbrier and hit the ground running, Gibbe. But it's a team, as we heard kind of at the end of the really big show, it's a team that's not getting a lot of buzz nationally, and no surprise, right? I mean, the Cleveland Browns, the fact of the matter is, 
have not lived up to the hype the last few times that they were hyped up last year for obvious reasons. There was some some tumult and, and why the Browns were not able to kind of execute the plan the way they wanted as the suspension changed and the length of Deshaun Watson. But you go back to that 2020 season or 2019 season, I'm sorry, coming off of 2018, that didn't work. You have the magical playoff run in 2020 and then you have all the hype going into 2021. That didn't necessarily pan out. And so I think a lot of people have adopted what I would call your frame of mind, Gibby, which is Missouri, the show me state. And there's no, you don't win anything for being a team that's said to be good. You don't win anything for being above the, or on the radar or a hyped up team. You win by going into September, hosting the Cincinnati Bengals in week one, going on the road to the Steelers in week two and winning football games and doing it consistently over the course of the next four or five, hopefully even six months for the Cleveland Browns. So hype doesn't matter. I, I, under the radar, on the radar, over the radar, whatever. Don't want to talk about us, it's okay. Doesn't we'll matter. force you to talk about us. Right. That's, that's what we need to do. And the Browns have a chance to do that. The way the schedule is set up for the Cleveland Browns this year, if they win week one at home against Cincinnati Bengals, a team they've beaten five out of the last six times they played them, they are going to be, okay, the Browns are for real. And then week two you get a chance to go on the road against the Steelers Monday night football, national TV, prime time, the only game on. You win that, you're a team that's going to be – talked about by everybody in the football world. But it's got to be earned. And isn't that the way we like it in Cleveland? Nothing is given. Everything is earned. And so that's what it's got to be. We got shots going up over here at Rum Runners. I love this. This is a great scene, a great setup. A lot of orange and brown around right now. It's perfect because since there is nothing going on in our building, it's nice to come get off campus. That's right. We haven't and seen come people. come down here to, like, actually see people. Yeah, we've been in the undisclosed location for so long. Yeah, there's I a forgot, lot going on here. A ton going on. So I forgot what it was like to see all these people out and about right now here at the ESPN <laughs> Cleveland Block <laughs> there's Party. There's people. Yeah, there's a lot of people. So that's it's fun. But back to the Browns. Look, we know how talented it is. And over the course of the next hour before we get to our roundtable, we're going to go through Position group by position group. Who was added? How did it look in minicamp? How did it look in the OTAs? What's up, fellas? And why we feel that this is the best roster that we've been around. I've been with this team. This will be my 11th season. I think you're one more than that. or Same as that. 2013 was your first season on the road. You have one more season on the road than me. Yes. Which is good. (laughs) Boy. I didn't. You missed that, dude. I didn't miss much in 2013. Fired on the bus ride home. 4-12 4-12 and 12 that year, yeah. Yeah, not they, great. He still had Josh Gordon with the time, which was a very exciting thing. But Boy, that was all right. This team right now is an exciting team. This is a team with a lot of talent, some coaching changes. So we'll kind of go through and kind of reset everything that's gone on here in this for this team this offseason, all of the moves that have been made to kind of put everything in place for what they believe is a team that absolutely can compete at the highest levels in the NFL, and we've talked about it. It's a loaded, loaded AFC. The AFC is ridiculous. You think about, we'll start in the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills absolutely, with Josh Allen, believe that they're Super Bowl contenders. The Jets, without question, are Super Bowl contenders following the acquisition of Aaron Rodgers. The Miami Dolphins were the hottest team in the NFL, and they look like a team certainly going to be playoff bound. They went and got Jalen Ramsey this offseason. They're incredibly talented. And then the New England Patriots, you, you got arguably the greatest coach of all time in Bill Belichick, and they feel like now they got Bill O'Brien back, Mac Jones, people are buying Mac Jones. Uh, I'm not as much as some others, but they think that why can't we do it? We do it every single year. We're good every single year. It's a beautiful 13. It was, it was, that, was a great, that was a great time when, when we had that had Odell. Now, had we that to, jersey. now we're going to get to see him on the Baltimore Ravens. But, eh, so maybe you will. Three teams in the AFC East 
legitimate Super Bowl contenders. One, the fourth team, feels like it's probably got a good shot to make the playoffs. Remember, only seven teams will make the playoffs out of 16. Then you go over and you look in our division. Bengals have been to the AFC Championship game, the Super Bowl, the last two years. The Ravens, perennially good. I don't know about the Steelers, but they've never had a losing record under Mike Tomlin, so you can't count them out. And then we're very talented. So, all right, so now we're at eight teams that probably all think they're going to make the playoffs. And we're probably at six teams that think they can win a Super Bowl. You go to the AFC West, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. They've been to the AFC Championship game five straight years. They've been to the Super Bowl three times. They've won two of them. So you've got to believe in them. The Chargers, loaded team, playoff team from a year ago. They feel like they're going to be a – now we're at 10. I'm not sure about Vegas. Jimmy Garoppolo, all that guy does is win, but we're not sure about his health status at this point. And then you go and you got the Denver Broncos, who just got Sean Payton. They believe Russell Wilson will be back. They've got an excellent defense. And so there's three teams there that certainly feel like they're going to the playoffs. So now we're talking about 11 teams for the playoffs and probably nine that feel like they can win the Super Bowl. And then you go down the AFC South, and then it's probably just the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we're talking about a situation where there are 10-plus legitimate playoff rosters, teams, quarterbacks in the AFC alone. And so you are going to have to compete with and beat the best teams. And that's why it's fine, as I said, to fly under the radar right now because you are going to have the opportunity, starting with your home opener against the Bengals, to be the team of consequence, to go on the road against the Steelers and to have the Ravens in week four. You're going to have those opportunities. But it is loaded. It's not going to be easy. And that's why the Browns, I think, loaded up. It feels like they know this is the this is the year you are going to have salaries changing and going up, obviously, with Deshaun and some of the other players on the team in the next year, which is why they got to carry some of this money forward. But they've been aggressive in their trades. They've been aggressive in free agent acquisitions. I thought they maneuvered around the draft very effectively, despite that, you know, going into it and starting with a third rounder. I think you're happy with the draft hall. So it's an important year for Kevin Stefanski. It's an important year for Andrew Barry. It's an important year for a lot of the players on this team. This team has everything it needs. You've got a quarterback who can make plays from the pocket when the other team knows you need to throw. He can also make plays out of structure. You've got the best running back in the NFL. You've got one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. You have a receiver room now that is significantly more dynamic than it was a year ago. You have one of the better young tight ends in the NFL. And then you flip it around the defense side. You have arguably the best pass rushing tandem in the league, certainly top three. You've got one of the best secondaries in the league. So that's how the modern game is played and won. And you committed to shoring up the run by getting Dalvin Tomlinson, getting you some meat, some beef in the middle. I don't think they're done maybe on that D-line, and we'll talk about that as we go on and what we're looking at. But this is a team that's put it all there. You went out and you got Jim Schwartz. You went out and you got Bubba Ventrone at the coaching positions. It's all there for the Cleveland Browns. And I think we saw glimpses in that mandatory minicamp of exactly what Deshaun Watson can be what he was when he led the NFL in passing in his last full season in 2020 with the Houston Texans. And so, yeah, there's going to be some time to talk about it. There's going to be some time to be down. There's going to be some time to get to the Greenbrier. And then there's going to get September is going to be here before you know it. And that's when this team is going to have the ability to go out there and prove exactly who they are. And that's what it is this year. It is a prove it year. The Browns must be a team of consequence. The talent is there. The coaching is there. There are no excuses. They've got to go out and execute. Now, you've got to stay healthy. You've got to get some luck in things, that regard. Things have to go your way. You've got to get lucky in that regard. But this is a team that has the talent. When we were talk, joking earlier 
with Aaron Goldhammer. He said, I want to hear you on those game-winning field goals. I want to be calling victory formations. I, I, don't, want I don't need it to come down to the last Stress-free wins. Yeah. We're good enough to do it. We're built to take leads. We're built to maintain that, that them. That little fun it. that we had in the second half of the Washington game. Yeah, when, when you're up by double all digits, of that. three scores, come on. Yes. Sign up for that all day long. That's what we're looking for Please, here. Please, for my heart's sake. It, Although I, oh, my physical today was outstanding. Not like yours. Nice and smooth. I had a wonderful physical. Oh, yeah, I know. You, I'm just had, you just had a couple audibles thrown your way. I'm doing just fine, thank you. You had a couple audibles. I did I have. Didn't, yeah, I didn't you have didn't that. have that? You no, didn't have I that? didn't have that at all. It was great. Well, how can you be sure then that no, you're I, doing just great? I know I'm doing just Well, I've already had the, the old colonoscopy. Okay. So. All, right. all right. Yeah. Well, good. Everything's good. great there. Gibbe, just sharing, sharing a lot here. We're in front Fine. of people now, Gibbe. We're not just Get the undisclosed location. That's You're right. 45 it's important to be healthy. We it's learned important. that when we spent some time at UH, the Seidman Cancer Institute. Just saying. Yeah, no, it is. Better safe than sorry, folks. Better safe than sorry. Like, I got the clean bill of health, and I'm like, great. I'm going to drink a bunch of beers this weekend and eat a bunch of unhealthy food, and away we go. And listen. We're going to celebrate that. Where better to do that than right here, at the, right, here. right here for you starting at 3 o'clock? You can go there while – well, we got Em and Drod the next level. Emin, You're going to be able to do way, it. He's just throwing up some stuff over here. Oh, man, they're having an intense horse he's game been, over he's there. He's been knocking out people right and left. There's, I've seen horse. I've seen shooting stations down at the end with the Cavs. I've seen uh, golf with Best Bank Golf uh, where you can hit some like tennis balls onto a dart, giant dartboard where a, they stick. There's a putt-putt course putt -putt. over here we walked in at. Oh, you got all kinds of activities. You got food and beverages. You got live shows. You got drink specials, food specials. You got everything going on. So come on out. People are sitting at the bar. I love that. That's a right now the bar at Rum Runners feels like that's the place to be. It's loaded where people are having a good time, and we are off and running here. This is Cleveland Browns Daily live from the East Bank of the Flats for the ESPN Cleveland Block Party. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the Browns on the offensive oh, side we of got the a football around the league too. And we got a little oh, around the league little, that's got little something going on. Gibbe is excited about. That's all coming up when we return here live. Come and join us. Get in your cars. Come on down to the East Bank of the Flats for the ESPN Cleveland Block Party. This is Cleveland Browns Daily. Live at the ESPN Cleveland Block Party, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of the Cleveland Browns. We are live from the East Bank of the Flats at the 850 ESPN Cleveland Block Party. Gibbe, what you got there? We, we, got, we got to thank a few people here uh, that are a big part of the ESPN Cleveland Block Party. Adams, board of Cuyahoga County, the Flats East Bank Apartments. Oh, yeah. My wife and I have talked about it. Uh, the Lupus Foundation, the United States Secret Service. An impressive display earlier. Jack Daniels, Joby's, True North, the West Bank Golf Club. You ever yeah, been there? Place Have awesome. you been there? It is awesome. Eat Local Ohio My and brother Five Star going there today, as a matter of fact. Four o'clock. I feel like everybody's not working today except yeah. for us. It's great. Yep, here we are. Yeah, there we go. Uh, thank you also, also to our Flats partners making today possible. Be sure to hit up each spot for drink and food specials all day at the Alley Cat, Big Bang, Cocky's Bagels, Collision Bend Brewery, and Rum Runners. Cocky's Bagels, I'm pretty sure I might have helped build the downtown location given what Given your kids, support of, yeah, of, of Cocky's of the North Bagels. Olmstead location. I'll tell you what, Rum Runners right now, I'm that's the place to be. Look I at, could, it. I, Look at that bar scene. Yeah. 
I like it. Outdoor, the weather's holding up nicely. It's perfect. Not yes. too hot. Rain's held off. It's been great. I even it was a perfect occasion for me. It's you know with this with our hoodie, these coveted hoodies. It's rare. This is maybe only the second I, time I've ever I even worn have, it. I should have figured it out with you on that. We should have done that together. I don't know. I might have been, might have been. You might have been too hot. It might have been too hot today. You run hot, Gibbe. Yeah, there's something. Yeah, I about keep it that. nice. I keep it nice and cool. <laughs> I'm feeling great right now. All right. Do you know? about this whole little Travis Kelsey-Jamar Chase thing? So, no. What I know is that Jamar Chase, I'm going to go back a week, I want to say, made some comments like about Patrick Mahomes, like, who's that? Yes. And Patrick Mahomes said, I'm this guy with his two Super Bowl rings. At the, when they got their rings, it was the night they got their rings, he took a picture with that, with his two rings, and said, this is who I am, basically. Yes. And which is, it's a very strange thing for Jamar Chase to say. Yes, they beat them. Two years ago in the AFC Championship game, went to the Super Bowl. They came short. The, the Chiefs beat them this year in the AFC Championship game and went on to win the Super Bowl. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with supporting your guy. But I don't know why you got to belittle Well, you got to belittle Well, you Mahomes. know there's going to be a response from one Travis Kelsey. Well, of course. Kelsey gets the best wrestling promos. He gets it. Well, on his podcast with his brother, here was the rebuttal. Uh, Paulus, if you have that. Oh, baby. We got Chiefs. Beef. Earlier yeah. this week, Bengals receiver Jamar Chase uh, told reporters Pat who, in reference to Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, conceding that Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Well, I guess Pat didn't like that very much because this yeah, week, I mean, this, <laughs> man, I thought it was a little bold, you know. So the yeah. guy's a two-time league MVP, two-time mm-hmm. Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. To say Pat who is like I don't a little know. disrespectful. Pat didn't like it. Mahomes tweeted a photo of himself at the Chiefs ring ceremony. Glad you guys had fun doing that. Wearing his two Super Bowl rings with the declaration, that's who. Pat who? That's who. And he tweeted yeah. out this photo. Uh you're in it with your I am lovely. In it. And then shout out to uh shout out to Pat for holding it down. I mean, I, who doesn't love a good locker room banter, you know? Yeah. Everybody just, you know, putting a little trash throwing, talk. Yeah, throwing a little bulletin board material up there. It is what it is, dog. Who doesn't love some good locker room banter, man? Shout out to Jamar Chase for, you know, holding it down for his QB, but <laughs> don't you ever disrespect Pat Mahomes now. If you want to talk your shit, talk your shit, pimp, just better back it up. My my defer rule is pro talking. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Jason. I'm pro talking. Hey, yo. If you didn't know. yes this is supposed to be fun this is the nfl it's supposed to be fun i think people get all bent out of shape when somebody does talk a little smack it's fun they should be talking smack these are guys in their 20s in most cases maybe in their early 30s who are supremely gifted supremely talented in the case of jamar chase one of the best receivers in the nfl period that's all you have to say probably certainly top five right i mean yeah Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup might be the top five receivers in the NFL right now. So, yeah, I love that he's talking. I love the answer by Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. I've got the rings. Yeah, you don't. And the picture. You don't. Perfect response. And it is fun. Remember, with us last year, there was a little bulletin board material between our their receivers and our DBs. I think it was Jamar Chase. I think that. it was Greg Newsom. It was Jamar Chase <laughs> talking about Newsom and Denzel. And, you know, Denzel had just had – 
the pick six against them last year, two years ago now. And then we smoked them on Monday night. And then night. smoked them on Monday night this year. Chase did not play in that game. Memory had just gotten hurt. Yep. But the Browns have had great success against Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. But I like that. It gives – not that you need something extra, but rivalries are made great by a couple of things. Number one, they're made – rivalries are really great when there is some sort of parity in the rivalry, that there are – there is some back and forth. And that both sides of the rivalry have taken something meaningful from the other side. You have defeated them to prevent them from going to the playoffs. You've beaten them as we beat the Steelers in the playoffs. The Steelers have beaten us plenty. But those rivalries, especially think back in, you know, in our division, the best rivalry for a long time was the Ravens and the Steelers. And there was a years, years where no game was decided by more than three points. They were great games of consequence all the time, playoff implications, all of that. That makes it great. And then you have the personalities, the leaders who are talking a little bit of trash, adding a little fuel to the fire, stoking the flames a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's how anybody who's listening, I'm sure anybody who's down here at the ESPN Cleveland block party and, and having a great time, which everybody here is doing, when you compete with your friends, there's always trash talk. Yes. And sometimes when you compete with people who are not your friends – but these guys all know each other. Jamar Chase and Pat Mahomes would cross each other's paths. At, you know, whether it be as the Hoff would always say, oh, yeah, I was with them at a Pro Bowl, although Mahomes has never been able to play in one because he's practically in the Super Bowl every single year. So they haven't been able to line up. But they know who each other are. They, I'm sure, have had many cordial conversations. A lot of them work out together at the same gym yes. in like California and Florida and it's warm fun. weather climate. It's fun. A little trash talk is fun. A little trash talk changes Sometimes it gives a little more juice to it, a little bulletin board material. These guys don't need anything extra to get motivated, folks. I mean, that, the notion that that exists to me is a little bit absurd, but there's nothing wrong with the information. It makes you want to spend an extra minute on film, an extra hour on film. It makes you want to go just, uh, I'm not, you won't let that guy beat you, that mentality, which is what they really have basically every time they're on the field. I'm all for it. I'm all for it, and I love Travis Kelsey. My deferred set, my deferrer, like setting or preferred setting is to I divert, go ahead and talk your trash. Talk your trash, but you've got to back it up. And you'll see in this league, in locker rooms around this league, and even you've seen it here in Cleveland, when you're somebody who does talk trash, but you cannot back it up, you're not going to last long. That doesn't work. No. And so it is fun when you got the top guys, but you go look at the NBA example. Like, What's the guy's name? Dylan Brooks? Yeah. Memphis? Yeah. When yeah. you go and you that talk clock. trash to LeBron, LeBron and then all of a sudden it changes the fortunes of your series, you can't back it up and LeBron can, well, then that, you look like an idiot. Yeah. Jamar Chase is good enough. He doesn't play the most important position like Patrick Mahomes is, but he's good enough to, to flap his gums a little bit. I think it's great. I think it's great. I, we need to get to the point where we're winning enough where we can talk a little bit of trash, where we can get a little bit chesty. Right now, that's not who the Browns are. It's not who the Browns should be. The Bengals, they've been the class of the AFC North. No surprise that they've been talking a little bit of trash. You think about the Baltimore Ravens, they have been very successful. The Steelers, we know the deal. The Browns want to be a team that can get into those conversations where it's worth talking. And you go back to, was it Juju Smith-Schuster, the Browns is the Browns? Well, we went out there and took it to them in the playoffs. We took something that mattered from them. I remember, I'll never forget being at that stadium with not very many people, a couple hundred people maybe, and just sitting there and staring at Ben Roethlisberger and Marquise Pouncey sitting on the bench just distraught. And now you thought that was going to be the it for Ben. He came back from where you're. That was it for Pouncey. 
And now those guys are off into the sunset, and their last playoff memory with the Cleveland Browns is a big, fat L. No. But that's what you got to do, and you got to do it consistently. And that's why this is such an important year for the Cleveland Browns because it's not enough to be close. It's not enough to be like, oh, man, yeah, well, there were 10 playoff teams and only seven spots, and, you know, just an unlucky year. No, this team needs to go out and beat other teams. This team needs to go out and win these games against those teams and be able to be a team that can be involved in a little trash talk, to be a team that can back it up when they need to go out there and handle their business against the elite competition that is in the AFC. Not an easy schedule because you're in the AFC North, so you got six games you know against teams that are very, very good. You pick up the Jets in your matchup there. So there's a lot. This is going to be a tough schedule, no doubt. But the Browns have everything they need to go out and get the job done. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to take a look at what's happened this offseason. Where is this roster right now? And don't forget, coming up at 2 o'clock, that's when we are going to have Gerard Cherry, the Browns radio sideline reporter. We're going to have Jake Trotter, who covers the Browns for ESPN. We're going to have them up here. We're going to have ourselves a little Browns table with Gibbe and go through kind of where their opinions are as well. What we're going to do next, though, when we come back, is we're going to look at the Cleveland Browns on the offensive side of the football. Where do things stand as we are in this break getting ready for July the 22nd at the Greenbrier when this season really kicks off for the Browns? But don't forget, back by popular demand from your favorite four-legged companion is year two of the Barking Backers presented by Milkbone. I'm pretty sure we got a Barking Backers sign up right down the the road here from us at the ESPN Cleveland Block Party right to the right of the stage. If you're on stage, if you're looking at the stage to your left Down there, you can sign up for them. It's the fan club for dogs. View membership options and join today at BarkingBackers.com or, as we said, right here at the ESPN Cleveland Block Party. You can go get your pooch signed up. I see a nice right there, Frenchie going down on the the alleyway. Get him up there. Get him in the Barking Backers. Let's go. Got another beautiful dog right here. He's ready. He's got it. That's a Barking Backers dog if I've ever seen one. So we're going to go ahead, get that going. When we come back, we'll talk about the Browns on offense what everything looks like, where we see maybe some battles going forward as we get ready here for this 2023 season. Cleveland Browns Daily live from the East Bank of the Flats at the ESPN Cleveland Block Party. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily. Brought to you by BallyBet, a bet sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns coming soon to Ohio. Yes, Gibbe? Uh, nothing. What are you laughing at? <laughs> uh, There's a lot of fun it's out 130. here. There's a lot of fun out here. There's a lot of great sights. There's a lot of great sights, a lot of great energy down here at the ESPN Cleveland Block Party. People strolling on through. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Love it. All right. Want to remind you, if you need a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every single client every single day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. Go Browns. All right. Nathan Zagura, Jason Gibbs here with you. And we told you. We're going to take a look at one of the reasons. Why are we so optimistic about this Cleveland Browns team? Well, one of the things is the way that this roster is shaping up. Some of the moves that were made by Andrew Barry and free agency, the draft, trades as well, to really kind of get this team where he thinks it it needs to be, where you've got 
talent, where you've got competition, where you've got depth, where you've got important players at the most important positions. And I think that is definitely something that was very important in the construction of this roster. And not only that, there's succession planning in place at a lot of these important positions and important roster spots. So let's start, obviously, at the quarterback position. It all is about Deshaun Watson this year. In many ways, you could say a lot of the Browns' season is about Deshaun Watson, a guy who has been incredibly accurate his entire career, a guy who has been one of the most efficient passers in the history of the NFL. In fact, prior to playing for the Browns last year, all-time leader in rating, top three in completion percentage, led the league in passing in 2020. He was rusty, no doubt. But if you were out there and you've read anybody, you don't have to even listen to me. I was there, but you'll hear from Jake Trotter. You're, you're going to hear from Gerard Cherry at minicamp. He put on a show, the likes of which we have not seen on those fields. It has never happened before. He had a day in the seven-on-sevens. He went 19 out of 20. He went nine touchdown passes on 10 red zone plays. He was throwing darts. The Browns have coaches who have worked with some of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Alex Van Pelt was with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Chad O'Shea was with Tom Brady in New England. They know what greatness looks like. We know that he has that ability. They've seen it. I've talked to both of them about it. There's no doubt that it is there. Now we need to do it, obviously, when the lights come on. But you got Deshaun Watson. You've got Josh Dobbs, who everybody liked here. I thought well, it looks like an excellent backup. Played well for the Tennessee Titans last year when was given the opportunity to start for them down the stretch. Almost led them into the playoffs against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Had a couple of drop passes and things that didn't go his way at the end of that game. But had a very strong showing, I think, and really made a name for himself. The Browns able to get him back. And so he's been in the system. He understands this offense. And now there are tweaks. You'd say, well, well, it's not the same as last year. You'd be exactly right. This offense will be very different than it was last year. Much more shotgun, much more pass-oriented. But Josh Dobbs fits a lot of those things with the quarterback run ability as we saw from him last year. His ability to kind of understand where to go with the football, all of that. So you get Josh Dobbs as your backup, and then there's a battle for the third quarterback spot. And I would say that it's even open to push, you know, Josh Dobbs. And that's Kellen Mond, who the Browns had in town last year. They got him a former third-round pick of the Minnesota Vikings. And then this year's fifth-round pick, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who was so impressive at UCLA, you know, complete nearly 70% of his passes, all-time leading passer, all-time leading total yardage producer, all-time leading scorer in the history of UCLA football. He did it all for that organization with Chip Kelly. Obviously knows Demetric Felton, knows our draft pick, Cedric Tillman, was his high school quarterback at Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. But he's a guy who I think came out and made the most of that initial period, Gibbe. And, and, you know, those four quarterbacks, and my guess is the Browns will carry three. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I think, is being looked at as the backup of the future. The question is just how soon does that future start for that young man? And I think what's cool about having that extra preseason game this year is we're going to get to see a ton of him, and I think Browns fans are going to enjoy watching him play the game. Dynamic yes. with his arm, dynamic with his legs, and, and is going to produce, I think, a lot of very, very fun, fun plays this preseason. I, I would also say a natural leader in the huddle. No doubt. Like, guys just gravitate toward him and, and react to him. Uh, he does a great job. He, he's a young guy, and, and – He's got some growing pains, but he's going to get those out in four preseason games. He's, and he's, he's going to play in a lot of them. He's played a lot of college football as well. He's played a lot, so he has a lot of experience. He's a very natural thrower of the football. He's a very natural athlete. He's shown a great aptitude for picking up our offense and talking to people in the building about you know him. And you mentioned it, the leadership. That's impressed them. He is a natural leader. 
And so Dorian Thompson-Robinson's a guy that, you know, you hope you don't see on the field in 2023, right? But he's somebody that I think will be a lot of fun to watch in the preseason. I meant you don't want to see him on the field in the regular season, but in the preseason, I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch and somebody that will definitely, definitely play a role for this team in the future. And, and if that role is just to be a backup quarterback that he never has to see the field and backs up Deshaun Watson, that's fine. But I like that pick, and that's part of that succession planning that I was talking about with the Cleveland Browns. You go to the running back room now. It's obviously anchored by Nick Chubb coming off season over 1,500 yards rushing, 12 touchdowns. He's averaged over five yards a carry every year in his career. He is the best running back in the NFL. I feel very comfortable saying that yes. he is the best running back in the NFL. You can make cases that you know a guy like Christian McCaffrey is more diverse in terms of what he brings to the table as a pass catcher, but in terms of a runner, a pure runner, there is none better, I think, than Nick Chubb. Now, is this the room that needs to be addressed before camp? Again, we're going to be a different offense. The days of us lining up in you know 12 and 13 personnel and just running into stacked boxes are over. We're going to be running into light boxes. And the team has a lot of belief in Jerome Ford. Last year's fifth-round pick out of Cincinnati was so productive at Cincinnati, showed some juice certainly as a returner for the Browns last year. He's going to get the chance, and, and so far the early returns are good. You heard what Stump Mitchell had to say about him at the conclusion of minicamp, that he's going to be that number two guy. Now, could they augment that with a pass catching back? Maybe, but at the same time, we've seen Demetrik Felton get some looks in that role, and we've seen Elijah Moore, the wide receiver, line up in the backfield quite a bit for the Cleveland Browns in obvious passing situations, creating mismatches. And so that's something I think that could continue into the season as well. If Jerome Ford, when the pads come on, is not up to snuff, I could see them adding a veteran guy who's more of a pass blocker, you know, third down back type of a guy. But as it stands right now, Nick Chubb is the man. Without question, the number two running back is Jerome Ford. And then who's going to end up as that third running back? And the options there, you've got Demetrik Felton, who's back playing the running back position exclusively. You've got John Kelly, who spent some years with the Cleveland Browns in the backfield. Nate McCrary's a young man out of Saginaw Valley State. And then there's a guy that I, I like and the Browns like, Hassan Hall, a rookie out of Georgia Tech, an undrafted free agent who has shown the ability to catch it. He can run it. And he's somebody that certainly I think the Browns are looking at is, you know, could he sneak his way onto the roster this year? Or is he somebody who finds himself on the practice squad that becomes, you know, a D. Ernest Johnson type for this organization down the line? Because for the first time ever, we're talking about a different level of, of backfield for the Cleveland Browns because Kareem Hunt is no longer here, nor is D. Ernest Johnson. And it was Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So I think you're going to see Nick Chubb more be the guy Jerome Ford's going to be that guy who spells him. But remember, this is going to be much more of a passing offense. Nick Chubb still is going to have an opportunity to rush for, I think, you know, 1,300, 1,400 yards. He's going to run out of the shotgun where he's very effective. He's going to run against lighter boxes than he's ever run against at any point in his career, which I think will make him more effective than we're used to. But that's, that's that running back room. And so could there be an ad there? Maybe. Do they hope that they can get by with what they have? Absolutely. I don't think that they really want to spend, you know, a million-plus dollars on a third running back. They hope that they can get what they need from the guys they've got in this building. And really, it's all about Nick Chubb anyway. Nick Chubb is the man, and if you need to get to Jerome Ford, the Brown, he's going to have to show that he's ready for that responsibility as the number two. And that's really kind of what some of this offseason is all about. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> it, it, it will be fascinating to see. We, talk, we talked to Sione Takitaki a, f a few weeks ago and uh, a few of these other guys, I mean, that are going on year three, year four, Year five. There you go, Gibby. Get some wings from Red Bull. They're oh, walking around right now. Yes. There we go. Thank you, you very much. Gibby, we're on the air still. You're working. 
disappointing. Sad. Come on. Sad. Not for long. How about you being the voice of reason on that, by the way? I am the voice. I'm a professional, you bet. I am. I am. I am. But, I mean, some of these guys that got, you got to see something from them. Like, they're going to be tested by a number of the younger players that we've acquired and the guys we've gone out and gotten in the last couple of years. No doubt. Like, it will be fascinating to see who steps up. You talk about Felton and – uh, Anthony Schwartz is another guy that's going to that's going to get a big test. It's a big challenge to make this roster here in 2023. Yeah, those are two guys who have been on the team the past two years. And you think about in the wide receiver room, which we'll turn our attention to now. Yeah, it's going to be tough. The Browns knew they needed to overhaul their wide receiver room. They trade their second round pick to the Jets. They get Elijah Moore. They also get a third round pick. That was their first pick of the draft. They used that on a wide receiver, Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. And so now you have a wide receiver room where you have your top five, I think, is set. Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore, Marquise Goodwin, Cedric Tillman. And Goodwin, they was brought in to give you that veteran speed of wide receiver. He had a great, great mini camp, and he's somebody that's exciting. And not only that, it's been his mentorship of young guys who were maybe the heir apparents to him, like a Jalen Darden. He has mentored Jalen Darden, and that has been seen by everybody out there. And Jalen Darden's made some very, very nice plays in the Browns minicamp and in these OTAs. And a lot of it, he's been getting coached up on his releases and some of his routes by Marquise Goodwin. But that's your top five. And then, then I'll tell you what, David Bell's not going anywhere. No. So that's your, that's your top six. So if you're going to get to seven receivers on the team, that's a tough thing to do. That's a tough that's going to be a tough room to crack. So for an Anthony Schwartz, he's got to have that speed stand out. He has got to be somebody who takes a massive step forward. He's on the bubble. Jakeem Grant is on the bubble, who's one of the best returners in the NFL. Uh, so those guys, Dalen Baldwin has made some plays. Mike Harley Jr. has made some plays. But I think if you're a receiver who was not in those six names that I listed, Jalen Darden, your goal is to do something so spectacular that you force somebody out, shockingly, or that you keep yourself here in this program. And I, there's nothing wrong with that because the Browns receiver room, there are going to be decisions that have to be made at the end of this year, you know, and in terms of how much longer can they pay Amari Cooper? What's the rate going to be for Donovan Peoples-Jones? You know, in two years, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, I'm telling you what, folks, he had he was the star of minicamp. And, and we'll talk about that with Gerard and – uh, with Jake, but he was. He was the star of this minicamp other than Deshaun Watson. He was lined up in the slot. He was lined up outside. He was lined up in the backfield. He was catching touchdowns. He was catching short passes and going. He was catching bombs. He does it all. He looks like the guy who came out of Ole Miss who was the most dominant receiver in all of college football. Going back to some of the guys that, uh, you know, that we don't talk about a lot, those guys are going to have to make an impact on special teams. Yeah, if you're, that's, that's that's how you're going to get noticed. If you're receiver five or six, the only way you you have to play special teams. Cedric Tillman is probably going to have to play special special teams. David Bell is going to have to play some special teams this year. And Tillman is the Browns' rookie and a guy that people are thrilled with what yes. they've seen so far. Natural catch of the football. Reminds me of Larry Fitzgerald, the way he catches it with his hands always in the proper position. He's a big guy. He's fast. He dominated in the SEC two years ago. Last year he was hurt, but two years ago, 17-plus yards a catch in the SEC, 200 yards and a touchdown on Georgia, 150 and a touchdown on Bama, 150 and three against Purdue in their bowl game. I mean, he is a legit number one type of wide receiver, and the Browns feel like they got a huge steal in him because of the injury. And they so, But clearly it's a room that mattered. You made an aggressive trade for the second straight year. 
to get a stud into that room. Two years ago was Amari Cooper. Last year was Eli- this year Elijah Moore. And then you also used your first pick of the draft to draft a wide receiver again. You've taken a receiver in the third round now three straight years. And so far, you know, the jury's out on Anthony Schwartz and what role he's going to be able to play on this team, if any. The jury is out, obviously, on David Bell, who had a, a not a disappointing, but not a highly productive rookie season and now finds his room significantly more crowded than it was before. And now you've got Cedric Tillman, who looks very much the part as he stands 6'3", 215 pounds, biggest receiver in our room. So it's going to be fun. Dalen Baldwin's I talked about. Some of those young guys, though, people you're going to want to watch in the preseason, Dalen Baldwin, Jalen Darden. Those are the guys. We need to see David Bell and Anthony Schwartz, Tillman. We're going to see all those guys, I think, a lot here in this preseason. Mike Harley Jr. And then the question will be, Jakeem Grant have enough as a receiver and a return man to force his way onto this roster? It's going to be competitive. It is going to be difficult to make this Browns 53, especially in that room. And so we'll see how that ultimately shakes out. And then we got the tight ends. David Njoku back. You bring in Jordan Aikens, who had over 500 yards last year in Houston and was personally recruited by Deshaun Watson. They played together in Houston. You got Harrison Bryant in the final year, his rookie deal, now battling for that second, you know, third tight end role. That room is loaded and should be very productive. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Aikens. Love that. That might be one of the three biggest acquisitions this team made in the offseason if you take out the coaching hires. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, I. I don't think you could say it enough. You could see the chemistry early on. A yes. big red zone target. Yeah. Along with Najoku, who, if he could take that next step and become that Pro Bowl tight end, I mean, I, I think that position opens up a lot of options for that wide receiver room. You know, when you think about when you think about that tight end room and Aikens, and I don't top three, I mean, off the top of my head, you got Elijah Moore. Dalvin Tomlinson, Juan Thornhill, Zadarius Smith. But under the radar, in terms of one that wasn't presented that as a marquee. could have as key, big an impact on anybody. Yeah, I think he could have a big impact. You know, obviously, if you don't want the Chief to miss any time, but if he did, Aikens has the ability to step in and has been highly productive. And he's, he was a receiver in college, was a pro baseball player, didn't even get drafted until he was 26 years old and still won the third round, which is mind-boggling as a tight end who had hardly even played the position in college. So – Kudos to him. I like that addition. So that's what you're looking at on offense, and then you know the line. Your starting five is back. Jedrick Wills, Joel Batonio in the middle, Ethan Posick, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin. You've got two young backup tackles that you're excited about, and James Hudson you drafted now going into his third season and showed the ability to start and fill in last year for Conklin. You've got Dewan Jones who you just drafted who was a mountain of a man and a supreme talent out of Ohio State. On the interior, Nick Harris is back. Remember, he beat Posick out two years ago. You signed a veteran in a West Martin. You got Michael Dunn. You got Drew Forbes. You got you drafted Luke Whippler out of Ohio State, who many people think was an absolute steal for the Cleveland Browns and could be the center Just of the future Bill here. Just Bill Callahan. Bill Callahan loves him. So, again, it's going to be tough to make the, the roster in those rooms. But that's what they put together. Premium positions, what are they? Quarterback. They got Deshaun Watson last year, and now it's going to be our first full season with him. He looks every bit the part. Wide receiver. The last two years, you've added Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Cedric Tillman, David Bell, Marquise Goodwin to that room. That's five people out of your top six receivers. The only one who's been here the whole time was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Then you think about on the you get another tight end, a move tight end, a guy who can catch the football for you as a weapon there. You drafted tackles. You keep drafting tackles. You keep adding assets. They're drafting guys on the interior in the late rounds that you think can be players for you. 
So that's exactly what this team has done on the offensive side to put themselves in position to be, as we said, a team of great consequence as it goes forward here in 2023. Just have to go out and do it. Got to go out, and they have got and you've to do it. And, and you have to do it right off the bat. Well, you have no choice. Yeah. The way the schedule is set up, they could have made the schedule any number of ways for the Cleveland Browns. What they said is Browns, uh, as soon as we and the kick season kicks off, it's on. Home Bengals at the Steelers Monday Night Football, home for the Titans, and then home again for the Baltimore Ravens. I, Three and, division games in your first four. And, and I would say this. I think that Chiefs game bears watching because that, that will be your dress rehearsal game. The final preseason game. You're not, you're not going to dress rehearsal after two days of joint practices with the Eagles. I no, mean, uh, we, last, we, last, last year we rested everybody. Everybody rested and after rested the joint everybody. Pre- right. So that leaves the Chiefs game. And I would bet that they'll play some of their guys, if not all, and we'll play some of ours, if not all, for a couple series. Yeah. That Chiefs game will be very important and give you an idea of what's to come. You want to get that work, and what you'd like is to come out of that with a good feeling. Remember, for Deshaun, it was so odd. He played a little bit against Jacksonville, did not go well. Schwartz had those drops. Nick Harris, you know, tears his ACL on the second snap. And then the next time he took a snap, it was week 12. Yeah. Down in Houston. Yeah. That's hard. This is going to be a much more normal process, but I, I am curious to see what we do in that preseason, and it would be nice to see him get a couple series and some success. That's what Newsom said earlier today on the Really Big Show. Newsom said, he goes, biggest difference? Our quarterback's been here the entire offseason, and he's yeah. going to be here from day one of training camp. Yeah, and he's really, really good. Yeah. He is quite a He's good, not too shabby at all. Not too shabby. All right, so if you have to address anything, uh, prior to the season, where, where do you where do you have to address stuff offensively? Yeah, I mean Since this is an arms race. It it is. I mean, you can never have too many weapons. The only thing would be is if somebody. My guess is if somebody falters and they feel the need to get another running back or an injury happens in that room. I think you're in a good spot at wide receiver. I think you're in a good spot at tight end. I think you're in a good spot on your offensive line. I think you're in a good spot in your quarterback room. So I don't expect anything to be happening for the Cleveland Browns really on the offensive side of the ball unless it they feel that there's a real chance to make a significant upgrade steal somebody you know at at a premium position but Mike I, I think they're very happy that's why people made so much about DeAndre Hopkins the Browns are like we like our receivers and we're not going out and allocating those kind of resources to DeAndre Hopkins and so far really nobody in the NFL obviously has offered DeAndre Hopkins what he wants because had they he would have signed. He would be and signed. He, and he made mention how quickly he wanted to get this done. Well, it's not getting done because you, you want a lot more money. Right, and the market is not right now willing to bear that for DeAndre Hopkins. So that's running through the offensive side of the ball. We'll maybe get to the defense at some point, but not if probably not, not today. We yeah, got, no. We got plenty of Cleveland Browns daily, but we've got coming up big-time luminaries. I see one of them right there, Gerard Cherry is here. Trotter's bringing us some goodies. Jake Trotter. He's working a festival on the west side. Oh, yeah? I can't wait. Is he, like, showing up here? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So we'll have Jake Trotter from ESPN. We're going to have Gerard Cherry from, obviously, ESPN Cleveland, as well as the sideline reporter for your Cleveland Browns. So that's all coming your way next. We're going to have a Browns table. Come on down. Come on down and see us. Right here in the East Bank of the Flats, it's the ESPN Cleveland block party going on. We got people walking around. We got horse going on. You got drink specials, food specials, a lot of smiles on people's faces. I'll tell you that much. People are having a great time down here. The Secret Service is down here. Yeah, got to like case. that. Just in case. That's right. Keeping an eye on Uncle Riz. They're all here. So you should be here, too. Come on down and join us.
Nathan Segura, Jason Gibbs, Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Live at the ESPN Cleveland Block Party, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back into the ESPN Cleveland Block Party. It's Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Belly Bet. We are live on the east bank of the flats. And all of a sudden, I am soaked due to my own these sleeves. I had the, long, the hanging to hang on the sleeves, Gerard. It got me. But nonetheless, nice we're all right. Nice hoodie, though, dog. Huh? Nice hoodie. It's a good hoodie. It's a rare. It's a one of... One of four in the world hoodie. It's a unique. It's a unique. It's a special one, but not as special as what we've got going on right now. A little Browns table. Myself joined by this three-time, three-time, three-time Super Bowl champion and sideline reporter of your Cleveland Browns, Gerard Cherry, who's ready to go to work on the bounty of gifts that was brought to me, brought to us by our next guest, who covers the Browns for ESPN, Jake Trotter, who is, if there is no other reason to come down here to this block party live than it is to see <laughs> Jake Trotter with his mustache, which is in full bloom, <laughs> and it is spectacular. Gerard can't stop staring at I'm me. I'm trying to place He's like transfixed. I'm like, you're like a young Jeff Fisher. <laughs> the, cops around, the cops are all jealous. You can see it. They're jealous of this mustache. This is – it's as good as it gets. He's not jealous. He said, I got a nice beard over here. I'm, this, is, this is vintage, though. This is good stuff, and you brought us a ton of, it sounds like, delightful Greek treats. A lot of Greek food from the Greek festival at St. Demetrius and Rocky River, Center Ridge. Come stop by and say hi. I'll be there all weekend when I'm not at the block party. Where, where, what exactly are you working? And because what I am coming. So These even get to take a picture. They're women. loving it. Of the stash <laughs> of the Greek food. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, so I, I work in the – I'm more of like an operations guy. I work in the drive-thru. I make sure, you know, so you can come in and hang out. Or if you're just – Wanting to stop by for a second, you're in a hurry. We're like we're like uh, we're like the speedy system. It is a well we're like three oiled minute machine. ticket times. I am I am not kidding. Three you, minute you, ticket times. You can times. literally pull it. into this church, and the line can be around. And you're like, I might be in this line for an hour, and in ten minutes, you have your food and you're gone. So if it's a three it minute a ticket time, that's me. If it's an hour, that's me. So if it goes badly, you can blame me. <laughs> A lot, a lot of my reputation uh, it, is on the It's one of the best festivals on. on I got a lot of belief and faith in you. There's no doubt. I think you're you're a man who strikes. I, I you're always you guys, on the ball. I brought you guys one of just about everything we have. What? What's Gerard? You can't eat during the air. By the way, I saw yeah, you, you pick. A, he pick was. He was ready to go with that euro <laughs> right there. Yeah. No, you don't know me well. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. He's like Gerard's. Like, are we going to break yet? Can I've been on the next level before, where I'm the only one who's not eating on the air. Like, am I hosted now? 
I think you would at that point. Yeah, yeah you would have later. to host, direct a little bit of traffic there. All right, guys, so we're going to talk a little bit about kind of the, the state of this Cleveland Browns team here and, you know, what's happened right now. Before we do that, just want to let everybody know you can get your single game tickets now for all the great matchups at Cleveland Browns Stadium. I know that there's a great opportunity, and obviously there will be a new name on this stadium sooner rather than later. But Cleveland Brown Stadium, for as long as it lasts, just sounds awesome. It's like Washington football team. Should have kept that name there. <laughs> well, yes, I like they should have. Team. Yeah. Well, certainly yeah, if they were going to go to the Commanders. The w, that's all you need. I wanted them to go to the – we thought the Red Hogs would be good, the Washington Red Hogs. I like that one too. That was one of my – Commanders was not what I was pulling for. No. For sure. Not on the radar for me. Not on the radar screen. So you can get these things at clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets to purchase today. That's the single game tickets to see all the great matchups at Cleveland Browns Stadium for the Browns 2023 schedule. Again, clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets to purchase today. All right. We're going to go through. we got Gibbs put together. we got a lot of stuff to talk about here. We've got – I so, saw his itinerary oh, for the yeah. show. I was like, I, let me let me take sit down and take five minutes to read all this. I'll well, tell you what, I, it's I nice that we have it because the first hour he was like, he went like this. He put a quarter in my back, pulled the string, and was like, Segura, you've got an hour, go. Yeah, we were walking. So in now I'm excited to have I, you guys. When I'm on here. next level, sometimes they're like three thirty to three forty-five talk sports. I'm like, all right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it is. Yeah. yeah. We were walking in, and I'm like, I just want you to know the second hour is loaded up. The first hour has uh, nothing. It's all you. It's all I've, I've seen Nathan in action. He can. Yeah, I did. He <laughs> did just fine. We're here. He, we made it to 2 o'clock, so we, we got through yeah. it. We did it. No problems there. But, all right, this is fun now. Again, Nathan Zagur joined by Gerard Cherry and Jake Trotter live from the East Bank of the Flats at the ESPN Cleveland Block Party. Come on out and check us out. Let's start right now, though. One word to describe the Browns' off-season moves and then why you chose that word. And, Gerard, I will start with you because once you answer this, maybe you'll be closer to putting a euro on those lips. <laughs> I heard that. Need it. Certainly need it. And when need you think it, about like what that. took place last season, especially with the defensive line, you had to get an anchor. You had to get someone like Thomason on the defensive line to have some girth, if you will, on that front because if you don't have <laughs> – Girth, you're going to get pushed around. And you watch all the games that I watch, you witnessed it just like I witnessed it. We got pushed around. No doubt. And you cannot win a football game, even in this modern age of passing ad nauseum, if you cannot slow down the run. So what we did from a defensive line standpoint, ensuring that up, and when you think about the other people we brought in, but just a single fact that we are tougher, I believe, at least on paper right now, in the interior of the defensive line is needed. I'm going right. to go with comprehensive. Was there a stone left? unturned from this Browns offseason? I mean, free agency, trades, draft. They had a lot of things they had to shore up, and it feels like they did everything that they could possibly do to accomplish all of that. I mean, I can't look at this team and point out any glaring weakness. I think there are questions. Sure. But there's no glaring weaknesses. Right. And there were last season, which to me says that the front office did its job. It's going to give this team a chance to win this year. I couldn't agree with that more, and I would say it's so comprehensive that they not only, it feels like, addressed issues for this year so that, to your point, there are no weaknesses or there are things, and we'll talk about where, you know, people need to emerge or step up or the battles that are to be had, but I think they also artfully planned for Cedric 2024 Tillman, and 2025. Moore, like yeah. Those guys, we hope, are going to be around for a long time, and I'm telling you, like, the guy that stood out to me the most – this summer, other than Watson, I'm sure we'll talk about that, was Elijah Moore. Yes. Like, yes. I don't think people, you know, there's DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, I get it. 
Elijah Moore is the guy that you think that DeAndre Hopkins could be for this team next year. Elijah Moore, uh, I think, could have a big season for the Browns. you guys agree? Well, what I like about what he brings to the table, Jake, is the fact speed. Now, that's one, speed. that's one thing on the roster you say, okay, who's the guy that can put the fear of God, a defensive coordinator, the idea of someone getting beat over the top? He brings that to the table. Now, granted, Donovan Peoples-Jones has certainly made some big plays, and Amari's just that well-polished, smooth wide receiver, but you don't think of speed. And as a former DB, when you're watching film and you see a guy running by you, that's going to make you think. But when you don't have that guy running by you, you're more confident when you walk on the football field that, hey, these guys are going to get their passes, but it's much more of a threat to your mindset as a DB when you know a guy's in that 4-3 or lower caliber, and we have that on the roster now. I mean, we've had it before, but let's just be real. A guy who's actually made plays with that type of speed. Yeah, it's one thing to be able to run. you got to be able to catch the ball. Right. Last year, Elijah Moore caught more passes than were catchable, which, again, I don't understand that logic. I feel like if he did catch it, it was at least on some level a catchable pass, but that's the argue with the stat people. That's neither here nor there. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that he, his ability to beat you from the slot, his ability to beat you out wide, his ability to co-line up in the backfield and create all kinds of problems for your defense. I think Elijah Moore is going to be the number one receiver for this team probably as soon as 2024. I think you're right. I don't think people realize that. But I think that the, the Browns think that that could be a possibility. Yes, and they are very excited with what they have seen And this is one thing, too. So far. They, so, like, Amari Cooper and DPJ, I thought, had terrific, year, terrific years last year. What's the thing that they do not do very well? They don't separate. They make tough catches, mm -hmm. DPJ in particular. DPJ, El yeah, I would agree. Elijah Moore was top 20 as a rookie in separation. Even last year, like, there were stretches where he didn't even get, like, a target. It not felt a like. target. He still was way ahead of Amari and DPJ in terms of separation from the secondary. And what was the thing that, like, you watch the offense last year, who was the guy that can just run by the defense and separate? They have that guy now. They certainly do, and to your point, he's great against man. Amari's great against man. So we are, teams are going to be in a pickle in terms of how they try to deal with us because if you just sit in zones all day, Deshaun's going to be able to pick you apart and we're going to be able to run the football with Nick Chubb right into those zones. I liked what you said, comprehensive and needed, and I'm going to kind of tie it again. We're focused on players. It wasn't just players. There were also additions to the coaching staff, ah. Jim Schwartz and Bubba Ventrone, and that makes adds more to the comprehensive nature of the overhaul of this organization and this team, and also it felt needed. And I think, you know, from the leadership style, Kevin Stefanski has his style, and he's obviously a great offensive mind, but we haven't had that guy that Jim Schwartz is who is going to come in there, maybe be a little bit loud, be a little bit vocal, but kind of grab the attention of everybody on the defensive side of the football. And Bubba Ventrone is a former player I think has a lot of that same spirit in him as a special teams coordinator. I would say the second and third most vocal coaches now after Bill Callahan, who's going to be number one for as long as he's here, because you can hear him yes. barking across the field, is Schwartz and, and Bubba. Yep. I mean, you, they are very vocal on the field. And one of the things I noticed right away with Schwartz, the guy's like above the, you know, by the center and seven on seven for the snap. He wants to hear his defense communicate. That's Gerard, right. communicate. Yep. We need you – know, Communication was an issue last year, obviously, in the secondary. Right. And they're going to be, on top of that, I think, more aggressive. They're going to get after the quarterback. They're going to play man coverage more, which I think is a good idea because I think their corners can cover in man. And they're going to try to yes. force negative plays, which this defense has really struggled with. Sacks, tackles for loss, and ultimately turnovers. Yeah, and this is not a besmirching by any stretch of imagination of the former two coaches that were here who got replaced. No. But ultimately, it comes down to this. You have a very talented defensive team that didn't play up to his caliber. And what one would say, what was the rationale? What was the reason for it? And you have to say motivation. You look to that and say these guys really took the approach 
first at the start of the season of, and it felt like this to me, well, we'll wait till Deshaun comes back and we'll start playing at a higher level. Where the offense didn't take that mentality, and they, from the get-go, were doing what was necessary and overperformed, if you will, when you consider Jacoby being the quarterback. So with a defense that seemed to be really mild-mannered in its approach, which was a representation really of what Joe is, a mild-mannered, quiet, cerebral type of a guy, you needed fire. Yeah. You need brimstone. And if you think about who you brought to the table from a special teams coordinator standpoint, as well as what Schwartz represents, it's like, hey, we need guys who are going to get after you and take on that mentality and not just go out there and do your job. Because you can't just do your job, especially playing defense. Your mentality has to be, we are about to go somebody. And that's going to have to be the way in which we approach playing football, especially when you look and see who we have on the roster. There is no excuse for us not to dominate football teams. And yes. last year, you yes. witnessed it. We got pushed around. You also got lit up by Bailey Zappi and Joe Flacco and I'm sure that Sure, some other guys. Right, and there's no excuse for that when you consider happen. what's on the roster. Kenny Pickett on the, in the final game. We gave up a three third and ten or longer on one drive. Right. Kenny, and that one and he was the worst in the league at right. that. Yeah. So yeah, no doubt. I think to your point, it is it is a much needed addition in terms from a personality standpoint, but also I think from a scheme standpoint, we're gonna be much more aggressive, much more attacking, much more up the field. And I know from talking to some of the guys in the defensive line room. You know, part of it last year is they had very specific responsibilities. And sometimes the offense knew what those very specific responsibilities were. And so Jordan Elliott would have to go into one particular position on a run play, and the offense knew it, so they were able to take advantage of it. Now it is much more kind of freewheeling, go get upfield and be disruptive. And so that's going to put some more onus on the linebackers to clean some things up, but it, they should also be cleaner to do that. Yeah, think about a basketball team that doesn't have plays, that has like a system – and, you know, you are unpredictable about what you're cutting, where you're picking. That's the way the defensive front, I think, is going to play this year. Oh, and it's also going to have Miles, Dalvin Tomlinson, Zadarius Smith. Yeah. Oboe's going to be out there. with. Oboe, a, a, don't a, forget my guy Oboe. I know. Don't forget Gerard. Double O. I, I think we're going to do it. You yeah. heard him say it. Play a lot more five-man fronts and get after the quarterback saying we're going to go like, you know, a 5-1-5 five, five, or however they're going to do it on the back end and have the ability to just rush and cover on the back end with the guys, as you said, to play man. Well, what I love, too, is the fact that with the defensive line, we look at Smith coming on board along with double O, is what I call him. You create a situation where the younger guys who experienced some playing time last year, that's going to that's gonna be at a premium. You will not just get a chance, an opportunity. You're going to have to go out there and earn it because you have some serious depth now on a defensive end spot. And, again, we're working our way through what we're going to be like from an interior standpoint, but you love that. But ultimately it comes down to this. Our cornerbacks, in my opinion, should not have been in as much zone as we were in last season. And they really got, change. got thrown a bone. Because from a defensive back perspective, okay, if you put me in zone, that's easy. That's, that's not a hard job as running around and tracing the guy and tracking the guy all over the football field. So we have the skill set to do that. We have four or five guys that can actually cover, and two guys in particular, or three, if you will, that can cover exceptionally well. So take advantage of that. So it all marries together. So for the life of me, I don't understand why we played so much zone, but we did. So I anticipate this year being much more aggressive in that end as well and taking chances. Do you guys know who the number one defense in the NFL in opposing QBR went in man coverage last season? Despite was, all of the issues that the, the defense, it was the Browns. Yeah. And if you translate in that into more man coverage this season, you would. I think you're going to see a much more prolific pass coverage. It makes all the sense in the world. Because of the fact, again, who you have on a roster. Take advantage of that. 
Much easier throw for a quarterback when he's like, oh, they're in cover three. My read tells me to do Go this. here. Right. Go so there. And that's, it's really that right simple. It also helps when one of the guys who's supposed to be in cover three is, like, way on the other side of the field. Well, that <laughs> does not – not for us. That yeah. doesn't help us. No. But when you're in man as well and you know with the pass rush that we're going to be able to generate, you know the ball is going to be coming out quickly. Right. You have more opportunities to make plays on the ball, make those big negative plays. And I think one thing to keep an eye on, and I'm excited to see this as we get into training camp and maybe we won't see it much till the season, but let's – just two seconds, Gibe, allow me. We're talking about playing some of these five-man fronts. The thing that has become all the rage in the NFL right now is those quote-unquote overloaded fronts where you would put one guy to one side and basically the other three on the other, and you put your best pass rusher in the middle of the three. The Rams did it all the time with Aaron Donald. We did it at times last year with Miles Garrett. So we're going to have the ability, think about with five, to go three on one side. You could have Zadarius kind of in the middle here, Miles in between him, and then you could put anybody you really want out here, Oboe on the wide nine on the other side, and Dalvin Tomlinson pushing the pocket here. They have to give one-on-one matchups to three of those guys. And I think they've got some intriguing potential uh, matchup issues that they can create from the offensive line. Like my guy from Missouri, like an inside rusher. Yeah, McGuire. And, McGuire. and they like, they like uh, the guy we drafted last year. Alex Wright. Alex Wright. Yeah, yeah Alex Wright. He, they think in the interior he can be an interior rusher for them. Tomlinson can push the pocket, and then you have him in the interior. Zadarius and Miles are both good on the interior. And then you got Oboe on the outside with his speed. I just think it's going to be fun watching the Browns get after the quarterback. All right, we're having fun with this Browns table, joined by Gerard Cherry and Jake Trotter. When we come back, we're going to talk a little about Deshaun Watson because obviously that is a pretty important piece, if not the most important piece, for the Cleveland Browns in 2023. Listen to Cleveland Browns Daily live from the ESPN in Cleveland block party here on the East Bank of the Flats. Live at the ESPN Cleveland Block Party, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. We are back. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, Nathan Zagura. Gerard Cherry, Jake Trotter, live at the ESPN Cleveland Block Party on the East Bank of the Flats. We're talking the Browns. And here we go, Deshaun Watson. All right, number one, impressions of Deshaun Watson this offseason relative to what you had seen from him previously on those practice fields. Jake, I'll start with you. Help me, guys. Help me remember, because I remember him being pretty sharp, and it was such a chaotic Yes. Year last year, and so I like I I, I it's I like blacked out. I can't remember like anything that happened on the field in practice last year. But I, I remember him being pretty sharp. And you talk to people leading into his return week thirteen, and they were like, "Look out!" And it just never translated. You know, he, he the, different well, speed. for whatever yep. reason. But it was kind of similar. Like the, the the first OTA that was public, it's like ah, I don't know. And then ever after that, he was just everything was automatic and. You know, connected on the deep passes, um, red zone. There was that one – remember that one session where they had like 10 plays from inside the 10-yard line and he threw nine touchdown passes? Yes, I was And some with of them you. were some tough throws, too. It wasn't like – tough catches. Yeah, like it, it, wa- it wasn't given to him. So, uh, I don't I, – I think watching that, you know, he looked like 2020 Deshaun Watson to me. And that's what you need to see. Gerard, when you were out there, you saw, you saw Deshaun Watson operate at a high level. What did you think? And as somebody who's been around elite quarterback play and you've been around as elite as it gets, 
what did you think from Deshaun Watson? A couple things, Nathan. And first and foremost, I go back to the Houston game, right? And you saw Deshaun Watson literally throwing balls into the ground. Yep. His mechanics were completely off. His feet were off, all of it. Yep. And so everything was off. So fast forward to what we witnessed a couple weeks ago. And people will say, well, it's minicamp, no pass rush. But when you're watching film, even in that environment, you know when a dude's got it. And when you're making w- throws in tight windows, and when the ball's not hitting the ground during practice, that lets you know that you're doing something special. And as you alluded to, I know when I see special because if you go ever go to a Tom Brady practice, you would rarely, if ever, see the ball hitting the ground. You had a similar dynamic taking place with the mini camps. And again, you could preface it with there's no pass rush. But there's still something to be said about guys' mechanics being on fire. You want to go the right way with the football and then just have an ability to make it look effortless is what you saw. So when it does become a situation where there will be more strain and pain involved in the process, you already know that he's past that. Because I've been in mini camps where it's like, dude, can you complete a pass? We've had way too many of those. And I think – the big thing, at least for me, when I talked to Deshaun, I talked to him I actually walking off the field that day. He went 19-20 to 20, uh, on the day in those seven-on-sevens, nine to ten in the red zone for the touchdowns. And the other one I think he had it was a completion. He completed all those passes. It felt like when I asked him, I said, you know, he just said, I feel like I'm, ba- I'm not thinking anymore. And I think part of it is being in your own head, right? right. There's got to be some questions of self-doubt. You know, I haven't played in a while. What's it going to be like? And then all of a sudden your first throw goes in the dirt, and you're like, now you're thinking about your mechanics. Like trying to play golf, trying to think about where your elbows should be at all points during your swing. You're not going to be able to hit a good golf shot. you got to just play free and trust your abilities, and I think that's what he's doing. And then think about the preseason game. First pass, that goes awry. Second pass oh is not gosh. too hot either. So, I mean, there was a lot of things well, building towards like yeah. All I remember about that day, it was like 120 degrees outside Jacksonville. <laughs> oh, man. I it sweated was, out my shirt like, It was twice. burning up. But all those things stick in your mind. So yes. when you have positive plays, when you, especially for a guy who's done it before, because whenever you're coming off a, a long hiatus, the first question you ask yourself is, do I still have it? Yep. And you want signs to show that you do still have it. So what he left out of camp saying to himself is, like, I have all the reasons in the world to be confident to take that next step to now we're putting pads on because of the fact that I look so good playing at a high level during minicamp. Going back to that Jacksonville game and that first series, like, everybody forgets we lost our starting center. On, on top the of second that. second play. <laughs> right. On the second that night play. was. <laughs> yeah. We had a drop. We were there we for a week. A that, was throw, the, that was the first time I had done TV where I was like, there was a mosquito crawling on my face, and I was, do I – Swat it away, or do I let it bite my eyeball on national I'm television? I'm swatting that bad boy away. And I eventually swatted it away. <laughs> you got to go swat. Yeah, I think that's that, right. That, that, it's a good move, gosh. but it was a long three days. But I think, Gerard, you nailed it. I, every reason to be confident, him and then everybody else watching it, but no pads, no pass rush, and that's going to be the next challenge for him Correct. early on in the season. Let's see you do, let's see you do that in a game. If that happens – you know, this team could win 11, 12, 13 games. Yeah, that, and I think that's the point for him to take that next step and regain the form that made him one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Right, and this team, just to back up on what Jake just said, in my opinion, they have to win 11, 12, 13 games. Agreed. And I think they're totally capable of doing just that. And, yes, you're going to get tested early on, and a lot of people see this as a bad situation, but I'm of the opinion it's a blessing. And the reason why I say that is this team historically, and most teams do in this day and age of not having true – training camp like it once was slow you don't have that option you out the gate you're going to see within five weeks your division yep you have to come out with the mentality of 
Let's go all out. By week five, we'll regroup and reassess where we're at and hit it the ground running again. So I love the fact that we're in a situation where early on we have such pivotal games because I think that's going to force the issue along with coaches who are now in the who are now in the building who have this mentality of let's get after it as well. Gerard wants three days, like remember the oh, Titans. Oh, yeah, he wants it all. Yeah, he wants it. Slugging it out. <laughs> but you know what? Going going, going, you know, running five miles at I five I say in the that out of envy, but the reality is, and they can totally appreciate this because we grew up in the Bay Area, the 49ers, the team of the 80s, they didn't practice in pads, and they were physical as hell when it came time oh, to play yes, football games. Yes, they were. It's right here. Yeah. It's mental. It's mental. It's a commitment to doing whatever it takes to win the game. And at the end of the day, that's what this Cleveland Browns team needs to be about. And you've got the talent to do it. You've got the coaches who are universally regarded as talented and to be able to get it done. All right. Speaking of the offense, talk a little bit about Deshaun there. What position on offense do you think is the strongest going into this season? Or what position group do you feel the best about? Offensive line still. I mean, you've got three all pros in you know, Batonio, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. Wyatt Teller, who, by the way, came back in shape. Like, yeah, looks I, great. I think, I think he could have the kind of year he had a couple of years ago when he wasn't injured. Uh, Jack Conklin, he's older, but we've seen him perform at a high level. He's two-time first-team all like, pro. I mean, that guy had a terrific – we saw how much – I mean, they missed him when he got injured last year. It was like, what happened? Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, they continue to be really high on Jed Wills and think he's going to continue to develop at left tackle. So I think it's the offensive line. Yeah. I mean – that's a top three when they're at their best offensive line in the NFL. We're going to find out what Jed Wills feels about the, the course that he wants his career to take. It's the make or break and year, right? Does no he, about it. Is he willing to be the professional who dedicates his life to his craft, much like the man that we're all going to watch go get enshrined in Canton this offseason, who lived – Breathe, slept, the hop. Everything that he needed to do to be great. His fear of failure was so high. If he gave up one pressure in a game, he was sick about it forever. That was That's if, how you have to if be. If Jed Wills has that mentality, Joe Thomas said he's more talented and his, his body is more talented than mine ever was. I was talking so, to somebody who said uh, he'd ne- he played on a few teams and said, I've never seen an offensive lineman grade out at 100, ever. And Joe Thomas did it multiple times while this guy was his teammate. I mean – that's perfection right there. There's a reason he's involved. <laughs> right. That's no it's doubt about it. First. And the fact that you played on a team that not win a lot of football games, and you have no anyway. idea. And still grading out 100. Yeah. How, no idea of how. So those games that he did play, times it by three. Because when you lose a football game, it sticks with you. And he was in a situation where he lost a lot of football games. So imagine the ability just to regroup, reassess the situation, and still come out and play at the highest of high levels is what he did. So the fact that he's going to the Hall of Fame, they should put an asterisk by that bad boy saying, he truly paid the price because a lot of the guys you see in the Hall of Fame were on great football teams, and that makes a world of a difference as far as your workload when you're playing alongside other great players. But when you're the solo entity on a, and having a Hall of Fame career, you really, really, really put in some work. But I want to just throw this out here, guys. If all, the offensive line certainly makes the most sense. But if Deshaun Watson, which I think is going to be the case, comes true to form of who he has been. Love this. Couple that with the fact that Dobbs in spot duty almost won a playoff game for the Titans. Yeah, a couple of drop passes away from it. What's going on? <laughs> All the luminaries are out here. That's, Ellis, let's go. You have an opportunity to witness quarterback play at the highest levels that you have not seen since who? Bernie was on the football field. 
that's a possibility and beyond. So in my yeah. mind, I'm going to take the leap and say, you know what? I think what you saw in training camp will transfer to the regular season because of the reason of this. He's done it before. Why, exactly. would, that, yes. why would that change? There is not a lot of historical precedent for a quarterback who is as good as he was for that many years in the NFL to all of a sudden lose it in their 20s. Now, I understand he has a unique set of circumstances, but his ability more than speaks for itself, and we're seeing it. And you're, The way that I know that he's back, everybody was like very excited because it was so much better than what they've seen. Mm-hmm. When you're talking to everybody after kind of those minicamp practices, and I'm talking coaches, I'm talking offensive players, I'm talking defensive coaches, defensive players, grinning ear to ear they could not because they know that that is the ticket to success in this game and that he can do it and it's like we're talking about all these other things uh schwartz the defensive tackle rotation special teams it all comes down to this yes at the end of the day yes this is what this season is going to be all about and really not just this season but the long-term future of the the franchise is going to come down to what he is this year. no doubt about but here's the thing i'll i'll present to people who have these questions one how's his surrounding cast does he have an offensive line you yes. just said that it was the number one strength of position. I said top three, but yet could yeah. be number one. Yeah, well, strength of position on the team. On our team. So right oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. No protection, you're not going to get anywhere as a quarterback. He's got protection. Does he have weapons around him? Nick Chubb's pretty good. And is Amari yes. Cooper pretty good? Yes. Is Donovan Peoples-Jones emerging? Yes. You like what you're seeing out of Elijah? Love And you got David Njoku, who's a receiving tight end. And they brought in So right there, I just gave you playmakers. So the next question is, does he work hard? Yes. Is he in the film room? Is he the last person there? Is he the first person to leave? Which one? Which dynamic is it? Yes. So if you're applying yourself and you got talent and you've done it before and a team is supporting you and you're showing leadership skills where guys want to follow you, the sky's the limit. That's yeah. what I see. How important is that Cincinnati game for, for all of these reasons? Like Very. The if first plays, two weeks. If he plays well and they win, don't you feel like – they can just go play. Conversely, it, yes. if he struggles and they lose, now you got to go to a place that let's face like, it, just house of horrors. Don't it's, win there on Monday Night Football. I mean, I hate to like put that much pressure on the first game of the year, but it is what it is. It is, but it's, it's an interesting pr- proposition because on one hand, I have to stay true to this because it's the absolute truth. You really don't know your football team till week six or seven and beyond. That's who you are. So early on, you could take an L. That was fair about last year. You could take an L yes. early on. But week six or seven, you really start finding out who's for real and who's fake, who wants and who doesn't want it, and it plays itself out every year. That's how it works in the NFL. So, yeah, you could take an L early on, and you could be on fire. We've seen teams before, 6-0, 7-0. What happens? They fall Fade. apart. Fade. Yeah, but actually, though, in his case, though, if he goes out there and plays well, then you're talking about having your sea legs underneath you and the confidence in the chest and the bravado really coming through and beating a team the caliber of the Bengals could do nothing but give this team more confidence. I'm not saying the season's over if they lose, and I'm not saying they're winning the Super Bowl if they win. I just – I've been there long enough. I, I know what the pressure is going to be on this team if they lose. Right. And I also know that what confidence he could get and the team could get if they beat Cincinnati. No doubt. Yes, and, and I think it's, it's helpful a, that it's, it's a, a team – It's a huge week one game. It's a team that he's played before. I yeah. think that is helpful. Browns always play the Bengals well. We play them well, especially at home. And – Listen, the Browns after two weeks are could be the absolute toast of the National Football League. It could be <laughs> this city, this a terrifying not, thing. This city, could, whatever. This city, this city there's a big range after two uh, weeks. I mean, it is a massive range. I don't know that there's a, a team in the, in the NFL that has a, a bigger range 
than the Browns. A bigger yes. variability where they could finish a ceiling or a floor. But just in terms of the vibe here, I mean, the vibe is going to be so different based off those two games. If based we the beat the Bengals game. and then go to Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers oh on Monday Night Football, the Browns will be the talk of the National yes. Football League. Yep. The city's going to be on fire. Why the city will be on fire. We're going to talk about the Browns' defense when we come back because I think that has a chance to be a very much a strength of this team, and we're already, you can tell, excited about the offense. This is a complete football team. We'll talk about that defensive side of the ball when we return here. This is the Browns' table. Nathan Zgura, Gerard Cherry, Jake Trotter. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, live from the ESPN Cleveland Block Party on the East Bank of the Flats. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Live at the ESPN Cleveland Block Party, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily, live from the ESPN Cleveland Block Party in the East Bank of the Flats. Nathan Zagura presiding over the Browns table, joined by the three-time, three-time Super Bowl champion, Gerard Cherry, sideline reporter for your Browns. Who eats so fast between he, the breaks. He, is a, he scarfs it down. He's been very efficient. Got, very. A little, got a little Greek meatball going. I've yeah, got, fire, I've tasted though. three different things, and yeah, it is good. This is fan, phenomenal food. Wait, the man who provided look, it for us. What city are you most looking forward to going to this year from the food scene? Food aspect? standpoint, you know, Houston's pretty solid. We're going back there. I know. I can, I, I, can, I hate Houston for the logistics of it. Christmas it Eve's going to so suck. Long. It's going to be. And we're not going to get home till like ten. I yeah. will. I will never like Houston after this year because it's on Christmas Eve, and it was kind of like a, not the best. Yes. Christmas. No. It was. <laughs> no. It well, and great. it's so the airport is so far from the state. Denver has a, a good. Motorcade, Denver like has a good hour. food scene. Seattle. You know where good I like. Sushi. You know where I like eating. Yeah. Baltimore. I always enjoy eating Baltimore. Oh, man, we See, always have a great meal. I always stay in Little Italy. See, I went to the Baltimore. horse you came in on Saloon. Gosh, you find me there about I went midnight. to the spot for prime rib, and I'm not really a prime rib fan. I am. Well, I'll hook you up to this spot because it was just. In Baltimore? It was in Baltimore. It was known as. Oh, man, Azumi could be out. It was, what was it called? It was called prime. It's like known for prime rib. It's like what it's known for. So, like, okay, it's known for this, so I got to try it. It's now, I'm a all fan of it because I need some well doneness to my. Okay. Beef, if you will. Yes. And so. You eat your steak, like, well done? Medium. Medium. Medium well. Medium well. Depends on how I'm feeling that day. It's a little disappointing, but go really? ahead. Why? People have their own. Uh, taste is subjective, Jake. Now, <laughs> I. I, I, I just, uh, Jake is judging. I only want to eat it. It's got to be medium rare for me. <laughs> I only. No, I, but, judge, yes, I do I judge you. Gerard, like, about yeah. once every time I'm on the air with him. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'll keep judging because yeah. I don't care. I know. Now <laughs> I know that if somebody ever gets me a, a medium to medium uh, to a medium well steak, I'll just give it to you exactly. and be like, can I have the medium rare what, steak what that other, I ordered? What other food cities do we have? What, what's our other trips? Dude, L.A. 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 Yeah, get spots yeah. for sure. Yeah. I was got great see, food. See, I'll go you're there right. and go you're to places right. that you can't find like here. Like, I'll go to... Roscoe's chicken and waffles, spot, spots like that. There's obviously not one out here, and I'll go to In and Out Burger places. In and like out, that. Yeah. Okay, all right. We go back to Indy. 
It's always good combine food. I've got a great the, if we stay. Look at the uh, cocktail <laughs> sauce. <laughs> Give a if we stay downtown again like we did. I have the best Italian place for us to go to in L.A. Combine, Bo- combine, go to the combine. Well, no. go to it at the- so we we might be there for a week. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I it's hard to it's there. hard to hype up cocktail <laughs> sauce. I guess. Oh, box. you're talking about the combine and, and then the sauce. So- well, and then the sauce actually lives up to the hype. Okay, Elmo's is so electric. Good. I so keep great. I keep their their cocktail sauces in my fridge at all times. Really? Al- almost killed Bishop. Oh yeah, he did. We ate. too spicy. He he got a there, there was something he got a, he, he got, got on a, a nuclear piece and, and literally it, he was I water was coming die. out his nose. <laughs> I thought he was gonna die. And he'd been there covering Big Ten events for years. Yeah. It's not like it was new to him, but he, oh, yeah, he had a tough one. Yeah, there's good. Denver's got good. But we'll, we'll be fine on the road this year, no doubt. Seattle, I like that. Seattle's, good, Seattle's yeah. got great, some great stuff as well. All right, we'll talk defense real quickly because, Jake, we know you got to get out of here. Uh, what do you think is the strongest position on the defense, and is there one that maybe you're concerned about right now? I think it's – well, Miles, let's take Miles Garrett away from the – he's his own thing. But you could say the edge room. I mean, it's probably the edge room just because Miles is so dominant. But is I'm gonna Darius? say I'm gonna say, cor- I'm gonna say corner. Okay. I think they're gonna be really good at corner. I think Agreed. they can cover. Uh, I I think Emerson. I don't know that Emerson had like the most impressive mini camp, but I I believe in that guy. You know his range. Listen, yes. you can't be physical in mini camp, Gerard, the way you can during the season. It's a passing. That's camp. where that guy is gonna shine. Yes. Uh, if Denzel can stay healthy, I mean, he's a Pro Bowl caliber talent. And, and I think they're going to be in good positions to succeed. So it's probably edge rusher, but I think corner is going to be a really good spot for them this year. Drod? I'm going to go with the defensive ends position. You got Smith. You got, obviously, Miles and what that represents. And double O is in the house. And you figure that the young guys will take that next step as well with their experience. And it's going to be pivotal because you're going to have a lot of man coverage. So these guys are going to have great opportunities. And I'm expecting two people on our team to have double-digit sacks. Can I ask a question? Yeah. No. At, at times it's felt like Miles, <laughs> and then when Clowney was here, <laughs> no, Gibbs laughed way too loud. Of, uh, that they've been on the field like the entire game. Mm-hmm. Every game, on the field the entire game. It sounds like they're going to try to actually play eight, nine, you know, ten guys. They're going to try front. to do that in theory, Jake, but if I'm an offensive coordinator, I'm already saying – Two-minute drill. Hurry up offense. Keep these guys on the football field because yeah. you don't want that rotation to kick in place. And on top of that, this is just old-school mentality. I'm paying you X amount of dollars. Be on the field. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, but I, I want Miles Garrett playing his best ball in mid-December. Yeah. I quarter, want him playing his best ball on the, the high-leverage place, third downs, third and longs, all the obvious passing situations. I think that they have the ability now because I think you're going to see five or six defensive ends up and maybe even four defensive tackles up on game days. We were talking about it. Like, they have 13 guys that can make the 53 up front. Right. Yes. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see who makes the team. You've got in the end room a lot like Miles Zedarius Oboe, Alex Wright, Isaiah McGuire, who you drafted this year, Isaiah Thomas, who they like a lot. Our guy. Isaiah Thomas, who was productive last year as a rookie. I mean, that's six guys right there, and then you go in the defensive tackle room. And they're not keeping six in, so somebody already there is not going to make right. the 53. I think they're going to end up with 10 on that defensive line. So is it going to be five and five? I think it's going to be nine, but I, I understand why it's they would be, be tempted by 10. Now they're going to have the ability to have a guy on practice squad that yeah, they can elevate right. I think up. some of those vets that they sign inside you know, are, are practice squad potential. Well, I think right Hurst, now you got Dalvin. Hill. you got Dalvin Tomlinson. you got or Elliott. 
You got Perion. Togei. And you've got Sia. Sia Ika. Sia, yep. Hill you've got Hill. four, and they love Maurice Hurst. If Maurice I, Hurst I, can stay healthy, that he could end up being the I wild feel like card we're fifth. we're forgetting a guy or two as well. I mean, well, like, there's Hill in there. There's yeah. Togei, who you mentioned. Yeah. Apu was, I was Siaki Ika. I mean, yeah. he, he – and Perion, by the way, could be the most talented of all of them. This is a big difference from last year where they would sign a guy from, like, the Dolphins practice squad, and he was starting at defensive tackle. He played. Four days later. Yes. It's a no, different, it is different. It's a different situation. Did you mention Tristan Hill? Tristan Hill, yeah, former second-round pick, and Ben yeah. Bloom was with him in Dallas when they drafted him. So he's familiar with him and said he's a very talented young man. They love so far Hurst. But, again, they're also honest about the fact that there's really not much you can evaluate in an off a defensive line right now. You're going to see a lot more of that in training camp when the pads come on. You're going to see a lot more in the joint practices. You're going to see in the games what these guys are capable of doing. But that will be – I think that's interesting. I'm going to throw out a position that it's – I know that it is not the strongest on the defense, but it's one that I think at the end of the year we are going to say was a massive strength of this team, and that is the safety position. Oh. I thought he was going to say linebacker for a second. That's a hot take, no, no. A fire take, I like, I like what Juan Thornhill has brought uh-huh. already. I think Grant Delpit is a an emerging superstar. Quietly four picks last got year. better last year after significantly struggling. better. Yes. Right. and I think he's going to continue that trajectory. Agreed. I mean, Grant Delpit. People forget, had he not maybe had that ankle and what he was thought of at one time at LSU, he was thought of one of the top defensive prospects in the country. I mean, he was a guy that was considered a first round lock. Right. The Browns get him. He suffers the Achilles. But they were raving about him before the Achilles injury. That training. Yes. Game. I think that off season, they were really excited about what he could do. Yes, they felt like they stole him. And now I think he is going to be a star by the end of this year where it's a household name kind of around the NFL thing. And then I think the un- underrated signing, Rodney McLeod, was a great signing. And so now we have the ability. I think it's sometimes we're going to have a dime where we've got three safeties and three corners. I think we're going to see some ni- big nickel as well. But McLeod is a coach on the field, still playing elite ball, and has been a starter his basically his whole career, knows the defense. I think that those three – are going to make that room be what we had hoped it was going to be for like the last few years when we saw a glimpse of Ronnie Harrison in 2020, and then that poof went up in a who knows what. But that I think this safety room has a chance to be very special. Well, here's the thing. The linebacker room actually has a chance to probably make a bigger jump in the safety room. Well, yes. And the reason why Just I by said staying healthy, if they do that, I was like, where, where are all the linebackers? Are? Oh, they're all on the bikes because they're all, yes. all season-ending well, well, injuries. Well, why do they get beat up? Well, if you have your defensive tackle – five yards down the field where you're supposed to be making your reads and rushes and attacking the offensive line or the line of scrimmage, if you will, then you're not going to be effective. So these guys can now use that speed factor because they should have clear reads to which hole they should be hitting as a linebacker and forcing the issue. So with that girth that I keep talking about, it's going to (laughs) make a huge difference as far as these guys' ability to play linebacker at a higher level because there's nothing worse. I played nickel and diamond, which I had to be in 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 the box. You have no chance as a smaller guy. You don't want a guard coming at you free. <laughs> you know, yeah, what are you going like to do? Nothing. He got you by 80 pounds. What are you going to do? 200. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hit the deck. You're going to hit the right. Get out of the way. I think if they say healthy, obviously that room has a chance. The fact of the matter is last year we were one of the highest base teams in the NFL. We're going to be one of the highest nickel teams in the NFL mm-hmm. this year. We're not going to play three linebackers very often. Yes, you want them to play well. JOK, Jacob Phillips, who's been so tantalizing with his talent. Walker was playing great last year. Teeks. Taki is flashed. Taki, Taki. We, my, our guy Jordan Kunashik getting all the rave uh-huh. reviews so far. But that room, I think, will be better. But 
The fact is, in the NFL, there are few difference makers at that second level. There are some. They exist. Roquan Smith down the road, obviously, in Baltimore is definitely one of them. Matt Milano, you could say in Buffalo. You could go to the Niners. Fred Warner, you know, Bobby Wagner for all those years. But if you can be dominant up front and dominant on the back, which this team absolutely has the ability to do, that's going to take care of a lot of the things going on for this defense and make us, I think, a dangerous playmaking defense, which we always thought, I think, last year we were going to be, and it never happened. You improve the run defense, and you eliminate the communication issues in the secondary. Talent-wise, it's a top-ten defense. And you add Zadarius Smith. You have three of the five guys who have uh, – two of the five guys who have double-digit sacks in three of the last four seasons on one team. Let's go. Let's go. All right, Jake Trotter, thank you so much, brother. Thanks for the gifts. Yes. Let everybody Came know where they can gifts. come out to the, to the <laughs> festival yeah, Saint again. Dimitri. I'm going back there right now to the Greek festival. St. Demetrius on Center Ridge and Rocky River will be open uh, – Tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Sunday night, too. Oh, baby. Gibby's going to be there Saturday just uh, taking over. Let me tell you something. I've sampled the wares already, and the food is delicious. You want to wet your beak on that. Trust me. You got to. By the way, guys. Thumbs up. I think you, is there a special if somebody had the ticket for over under two and a half girths on today's program that they get a, they get a free run through the meal With over you there? you and Gerard on, I would have taken the over, actually. <laughs> All I, got right. a, I got a girthy mustache now. <laughs> oh, boy, do you. It was the envy of many here. All right, when we come back, we're going to wrap it up. So much more to come, though. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet live from the ESPN Cleveland Block Party on the East Blank of the Flats. Live at the ESPN Cleveland Block Party, this is Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet Live from the East Bank of the Flats here for the ESPN Cleveland Block Party that's going on till 7 o'clock. Gerard, next level is next. You guys are going to be up here getting going. You're DJing later on DJing, right? I've heard that. DJ, do you have, what's your DJ name, Gerard? Do you have a DJ name? DJ J. Rizzy. DJ J. Rizzy is going to be breaking it down. He's going to be <laughs> spinning the turntables over there later on tonight. So come on out. Uh, it's awesome down here. Thanks to everybody thanks who helped put Fishman, this on. Thanks to Fish. Andy Crossman yes. for all their hard work. Absolutely. And thanks and to everyone. all of you, the great fans of the Cleveland Browns. That was fun, man. Thanks to Jake. Thanks to Gerard for coming on with us. Everybody, you come down here. You have a great day. Have a great weekend. Check out AIW Bow Down tonight at the Asylum. Apparently, we've been moved into a bigger room. So come walk up. There's tickets for everybody. Let's go. It's going to be a big show. Having a blast. Come right from the block party. Stay here until 7. Boom. Right down the street. To the Temple Live Asylum, 730 AIW Bow Down. The next level is next. For Gibbs, for Gerard, for Jake Trotter, I'm Nathan Zero saying thanks for listening to Cleveland Browns Daily. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.